Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have been able to do uh, the Old Testament. You can find everything that we've covered so far through our website, BibleIndepth.com. And uh, we are now handling the New Testament. We are looking at the book of Matthew. And uh, last time we stopped at Matthew chapter 21, verse 17. And uh, today I want us to continue with verse 18 of Matthew 21. And it says, Now in the morning, when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. Remember, where we leave off from verse 17... Jesus has just caused some chaos in the temple of Jerusalem where he goes, finds people who are using God's house for their own uh, business. And we talked about that, using the things of God for your own business. Yeah, not caring about the things of God well enough that you start to make it a money scheme. You're just making money out of it and... We have seen that happen, and uh, it's something that we need to be cautious of as this generation. And now he comes, remember, he goes to Bethany after that temple incident, and now he is coming in the morning uh, back to Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us when he's returning to the city, he became hungry. It's important to know that he came from heaven. And this being hungry is what brings out the human nature, the full human nature of Jesus, that he could get hungry just like you. He could feel like, okay, I have not eaten since morning. I am hungry. He came from heaven, the son of God getting hungry. That's the human part or the human uh, nature that shows you that when he was here, he was totally human. You know, there's always been all those discussions and debates of whether when Jesus was here, uh, he went through the real human experience, the real experience that you and I go through. And this is just one of the things to show you that, yes, he did, because he got hungry, just like you get hungry, and he wanted something to eat. So what he experienced, you also experience. What he experienced, you also go through. And just like that, he also went through uh, this experience. And now... The Bible tells us, seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to eat. Now, Jesus wants something to eat. And he sees this fig tree alongside the road, by the road. He came to eat and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he is expecting to find fruit. He is expecting to find something to eat. When he comes to this fig tree, he's expecting that he's going to get a solution for the hunger that he has. 
And now when he gets to it, it only has leaves. And he said to it, No longer shall there be any fruit from you, and at once the fig tree withered. First of all, we need to understand what is happening here. There is an expectation of fruit on this tree. But unfortunately, when he approaches the tree, there is no fruit. They are just leaves. There are some expectations that we have. There are some expectations that are required of me as Alex. There is a fruit that is required of me that I have produced. And if I'm not producing that fruit at that given season, then there is judgment that comes. And the reason that this tree is going to get into this judgment and suffer withering like it does, as we read, is because it has not produced the fruit that is required of it. You and I are believers. We are Christians. And there is a requirement for us. There is a requirement that we have to produce fruit. If people are expecting something from you because you are the example of Christianity to them, then they better find it. If people are expecting to find fruit from you, then you had better be a person that produces fruit. We have become Christians that have leaves only. We've become Christians who just bear the name that is a Christian, but when you come to look for the fruit, it is not there. And that is the problem. If people want to find love, they should find it with me. If people want to find the hope, they should find it with me. If people are seeking for solutions, they should find it with me. Because I've got to bear the fruits, you shall know them by their fruit. Now, it is very clear here that this fig tree did not bear fruit at the season it's expected to bear it. Hence, judgment. Whenever we as believers do not bear the fruit that is required of us, then we expose ourselves to judgment. And Jesus tells this tree, no longer shall there be any fruit from you. First of all, Jesus is speaking to a tree. We pass trees every day. But did you ever think that they can listen to you? That is how much power that we have. To speak to things. And when you speak to them, it becomes. Because when he tells this tree that you shall not bear fruit anymore, at once the fig tree withered. Immediately, not gradually. Immediately it dried up and withered. It's no more. He's talking to nature. He's talking to a tree. There are things that we have got to learn to talk to. The surroundings that we've got to learn to talk to. You look at that plot of land that God has blessed you with and you tell the land that, you know what? I need results from you. I'm going to plant maize or I'm going to plant whatever you want to plant in it. And you tell it, I want you to give me good yield. I want a hundredfold from you. You speak to it and it shall be. Because Jesus shows us here that you can speak to nature. You can speak to creation. Because that has been created to serve you. And you can converse, you can have conversation with it. Now, there are some things, now we're talking nature. But there are some things about my life that I should be able to speak to. Direct. And I tell 
that aspect of my life that this is what I require from you. I want this to be achieved. We need to learn to speak. Jesus is speaking to a tree. And for us, we just cut them. But you have to understand that you have so much authority that whatever you choose to speak to shall be. Because when Jesus has spoken this, the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? It's interesting how these men have worked with Jesus for years. But they still get amazed by what he does. You know, that's the beauty of Christ. Whenever you get so familiar with him and you're no longer seeing that special thing about him, then you need to look twice. Because for them, with all they've witnessed, they have witnessed a man who raises the dead. They have witnessed a man who heals disease. And now they are amazed by the fact that this fig tree has withered at the word of Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. Now, Jesus is telling them, you can do a lot more than what you've seen me do to the fig tree. He's telling them, these seas that you fear, these mountains that you dread, you can speak to them and they're moved. Power over nature, given to us. And can you speak to rain? Can you speak to some of those things and say, we have not had rain in a long time. And you speak and say, we want rain today. That authority you have. Why shouldn't we have it as believers? We see people organizing events and functions, big events, and they tell us they brought the rain maker or to, to stop the rain or whatever it is. Those spirits of the world. How about you, a believer? How about you, a Christian? Do you have the power to speak to nature? Jesus says it is all possible. Now, for them, as they're busy wondering about the fig tree, Jesus is telling them, not only can you speak to this fig tree and it withers, you can tell to that mountain that be taken up and cast into the sea and it will happen. Of course, what is the reason you're telling that mountain? Now we're talking the physical one that it has to move. It's not just for fun and the showbiz that you're trying to do. Uh, when we read about uh, books, some books I always talk about that I, I read, extra-canonical books. There's a book about Simon Magnus. Simon is that man that uh, is spoken about in, uh, in, in the book of Acts, I believe, where he was having a contention with the disciples concerning uh, the Holy Spirit, he wanted to buy the, the 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 anointing. Yeah, we read about that man. He was not just an ordinary man. We, when we read that book, it tells you that he was a sorcerer. It's called Simon Magnus. He's a sorcerer, and in that book, they tell us that he did so many wonders in the land that he would get a mountain to dance. He would get people assemble them. And tell them, okay, which mountain do you want now? They would point to a mountain. 
and he would make the mountain dance before their eyes. Like you imagine a mountain dancing. And that is now a magician. That is a sorcerer. So for him, when he sees these disciples working in the power of Christ and the miracles that are happening, the great things that are happening, he starts to wonder, okay, can I have more of that to add to my magic? But if just the world has the power to do such things like he did, whether it's through magic or what, then it's okay. You 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 can be able to also understand that you have the power because Christ has given you that power. He has given you that authority. And he's telling them, you will tell mountains to move and they will move. Now, they may not even be physical mountains, but they may be mountains in your life. And you've got to speak to that mountain in your life to live. It may be disease. And you've got to speak to that disease and say, you live. You don't return to my life because you are not my portion. I'm much better than that. You speak to that debt and it will leave. You speak to your condition, that loneliness and it will leave, that depression and it will leave because mountains in life are taken out by faith. Jesus here tells them that if you have faith and do not doubt, it will be done. All mountains in life are taken out by faith. And you know what happens with faith is it looks impossible. But you say it. You believe it. Sometimes it's only you who actually believes it. Sometimes it appears like it's only you who has the understanding that it can be done. But you have to believe and trust God that it can be. That it will be. And Jesus tells his disciples, you can say to that mountain and it will be thrown into the sea. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. There is prayer without belief. He makes it clear. All things you ask in prayer, believing. When we pray, we've got to believe what we are praying for. When you pray and you're in doubt, then it's just nothing. You just spoke some words. But you pray believing and you will receive it. If you pray believing in that thing which you are praying for, it will come and you shall receive it. And that is what scripture tells us. What are you praying for? What are you believing for? It is possible you can get it. It is possible you can receive it. And there are some things that you have probably asked God and you're wondering, will God do this for me? Will God come out for me? Did you believe when you were praying? Did you believe when you're asking God for that particular thing? Because God, through scripture here, we read all things you ask in prayer. We need to take time and pray. We need to take time and ask God for those things we are believing for. And believe, have faith that it will be done. What is it? What is it that you are believing for? It will be done. If you pray, believing, you will receive it. And uh, sometimes it's, we say, okay, it is, it is taking too long. Is God really in this? Will he bring it? Will it come to pass? 
It's taking so long. I've prayed for the whole year. Right here, you might pray for two years. It might even be three years, but it will come at the right time. You know, sometimes we pray for things, and it's not just the time yet for, the, for, for those particular things. But you pray believing. You don't lose hope. You keep believing and asking God for it. And at the right time, it shall come. Pray believing, and you shall see it come to pass. Pray believing, and you shall see your children prosper. Pray believing, and you shall see that business grow. You shall see the promotions coming in your workplace. Pray believing there is no reason why you should not be promoted. If it is a person that is blocking your promotion, pray believing, and you shall see what God shall do because that is just a person blocking promotion, but you serve a God who is greater than that person. And that person cannot stop the work of God. You know, there are all sorts of things that may hinder our progress in life. But if we pray believing, then we shall see those things come to pass. That what looked like a stumbling block is no more. Because God will come out purposely for your sake. And he will see it accomplished. Because when you pray believing, it does come to pass. Now, Jesus is just telling these people, from what you have witnessed, mountains can be moved. They can be removed. And I pray today for a mountain in your life to be removed. There may be a mountain of debt in your life. May it be removed in the name of Jesus. There may be a mountain of debt and you're wrapped up in debt. You do not know what is going to happen. There are they are threatening to take your property and I pray in the name of Jesus that that be removed because when we pray believing it will be done we believe today that it is possible it is possible for God to take it away in whichever way he sees fit because you might look at money sources and say where is the money going to come to take away this debt but God does everything in his own way in ways that shall surprise you, in ways that shall shock you. Pray believing, and that mountain can be removed. Pray believing for that sickness that has claimed you, and you feel like your life is gone, there is no more hope. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I declare healing upon you in the name of Jesus, that you may be healed healed of that cancer, healed of that pain, healed of that headache, healed of, of, of those organs in your body that they say do not function well anymore. I pray the healing hand of God upon you in the name of Jesus because it is possible. When we pray believing, mountains shall be moved. When we have faith, mountains shall be removed. And may that be upon your life right now in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus says it, all I need is faith. All I need is belief. All I need is to trust in him and it will be done. So when Jesus is getting heading back to Jerusalem, whatever experience the disciples witness is also a mark of confidence that the person we are serving is a mighty man. And the person that we are serving has given us promises that everything will be fine as long as we've got faith. Verse 23. When he entered the temple, now this is all Jerusalem. Yeah? 
the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? You know, people are used to having to knowing that there is somebody who gave you authority to do what you're doing. It's a good thing. I won't say it's bad to know authority and who gave it to you. But even for the things of God, they're asking, who gave you authority? Somebody can ask you, who gave you authority to preach? They are looking for you to mention a man who gave you authority to preach and you give out a name that I asked this person and they allowed me to go out and preach. But the gospel, who gives authority for that? It's God who gives authority. And now the people who are coming over, the chief priests, the elders of the people, the Pharisees, whoever they are, for them, their appointments are by men. You've studied the scriptures well. You've gone through different various rabbis and they've acquitted that you are able to do whatever you're supposed to so you are allowed to speak to people. It's not a bad thing for you to be able to go through maybe the theological systems and all that and then you're taught it's a good thing because it's guiding. But then also, there's some people that God just, you know, you just see and say, where did this guy come from? And how much authority are they speaking with? Where did they get it from? That's the experience the chief priests are getting because to them, it's unusual. And they're asking, where do you get authority to say those things? Where do you get authority to preach like that? And Jesus said to them, I'll also ask you one thing. Which, if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Uh huh. So they are listening. He says, the baptism of John was from what source? From heaven or from men? Now he poses a question to them. John the Baptist, hmm, whom you all know, where was his authority coming from? Where is the source? He's asking them, was it from heaven? All it was from men. Hmm? Because there is authority that comes from men. They Sometimes we even vote that you're voting people into spiritual authority. Then, and we also saw that uh, uh, those scenarios sometimes in the Bible. And then there are also cases where God is appointing, and that is where Jesus is asking these people, where did John's authority come from? And they began reasoning among themselves. They couldn't say immediately. They, they, they got in a small meeting. I think they walked away. Say, before we answer this question, first come. May God give us wisdom that when we pose questions, there are, are questions that cause people to scratch their heads and try to understand before they answer. That is wisdom. That's extreme wisdom for such a question coming from Jesus. And these guys begin to reason among themselves. And they say, if we say, that John's authority came from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? Because still, it is clear here that the chief priests and the Pharisees and the elders never believed in the ministry of John the Baptist. It's like for them, whoever came on the scene, they were ready to oppress, they were ready to kill, they were ready to behead, they were ready to crucify. And now, he's saying, they are saying rather, that if we tell him that it came from heaven, he's going to tell us, okay, why did you not believe in him if it came from heaven? Why didn't you believe in him? But if we say from men, we fear the people, for they are already regarding John 
as a prophet. So they are in a fix, these chief priests. If we say it's from God, Jesus is going to ask us, why didn't you believe in him? If we say it's from men, then we fear these people. They are going to kill us. Or they will do something funny because for the people, they believed that John was a prophet sent from God. And now they are in a trick situation because they do not know how to respond. And answering Jesus, they said, we do not know. Now, that is a very bad answer. Because people are even hearing and listening. You are the people who claim you are the leaders of the religious institution here in the land. How can you fail to answer such a question? So, Jesus also said to them, Neither will I, will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus tells them, if you cannot give me the answer, then I cannot tell you by what authority I do these things. The chief priests were out to look for fault. They were out to look for where to get Jesus in trouble. Because that's what their job was. They were not looking at the great things he's doing. And may God help us not to become people who always mess up the good things that are happening in the Christian world. You see great things happening, then you come up with your own analysis and try to damage that good thing that is being done in the church of Christ. And Jesus does not feel any responsibility to answer the chief priests if they are not giving him an answer to the question that he has, he has asked them. But we all know where his authority came from. We all know from which source he was speaking. He is sent to the earth for the sake of man. He is sent to the earth for you and me. And he came and died for our sake that we may have life. And somebody may be out there listening to me today. And you've never given your life to Christ. And by God's grace, you've landed on this channel, this radio, this podcast, wherever you are. This life broadcast. And you're wondering, what is he saying? I am saying that Jesus, the Son of God, came down to the earth to die for me and for you. And all that we need is to accept him as our Lord and Savior and ask him to come into our lives and everything will be resolved. Because we shall start to walk a journey, a relationship with him that will take away all the pain, all the depression, all the suffering that you've endured all your life. Because when Jesus comes, he makes all things new. And today I want to tell you, you can make that decision. You just have to say these words after me. And then you will see the saving grace of Christ. You just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make my life whole. Help me walk with you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.